Hello, I'm James Batchelor. You're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I am joined by Editor-in-Chief Matt Handrahan. How are you doing, Matt? Uh, I'm pretty well, quite tired, but that's Gamescom for you. That's right? Gamescom for you. Yeah, we are indeed in Cologne, and uh, joining us is uh, Chris String, publisher of, of GamesIndustry.biz. Hello. Just got off the train. Literally just got off the train. Um, a rare occasion where the three of us are in the same room. Um, so I always think it's like when, whenever the team's together, it's good to kind of get in and record a podcast. And I was kind of hoping to hinge this one on last night's Xbox conference. But nothing happened. Um, so I figured maybe we still talk about Xbox as to why nothing happened. Um, I, they're in an odd position at the moment. Like Given that they, they pretty much led the, the generation previously with Xbox 360. Obviously, PlayStation caught up by the end of the generation, but it was very much an Xbox-dominated generation. This time round, not so much. Mm. Yeah, but it's, I think it goes even beyond that. Um, I think the, the delay to Crackdown 3 really like, highlighted the degree to which first-party software just doesn't really seem to be there. And I think that's changed from even, even just the start of the generation. When I thought the first year year and a half they were ahead of Sony in terms of like platform exclusives I mean I, that's a matter of taste obviously unit sales of the console they weren't but you know Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare they had Titanfall like they're you know they're Dead Rising if you're a fan of that they had some good stuff and I think you Sunset know, Overdrive Sunset yeah, Overdrive yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing I, but I thought I, I thought that Sony had done a <clears throat> relatively poor job next to Microsoft of, of, that, of getting that first party stuff out I thought that's why Stuff like No Man's Sky was pushed to the forefront because they needed that stuff. But now mm. I think that that's kind of swung the other way. And I think the impression you leave last night's conference with, which, no, I think I think one one thing that a press conference should do is keep a member of the press awake. And it didn't manage to keep me awake before <laughs> the end. I was very tired and I had to watch the rest in the morning. But that's pretty damning. And I think I think the thing that, that resonates out there is you know where where are the games? Like yeah. What's coming this year? What's coming early next year? As we were saying on on the on our team chat like uh, earlier, like you know, what IP do they even have? Like you know, mm. we, we they've got Forza Sevens coming this year. Like, you know, because Forza on their their alternating cycle between Forza and Forza and Forza Horizon. They've got Forza. We've already had a Gears. We're not doing a Halo for some for some reason. Fable is pretty much gone now that Lionhead is gone, and and Fable's been struggling for years. What IP have they even got left? Like, it, 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 when you stop and look at it, you realise they've got so few brands when compared to PlayStation and Nintendo. There's not really much. And the fact that Crackdown was their lead title for Xbox One X, like, and as you were kind of saying, like, it's it's only Crackdown. It's never been a a, yeah. a, a game that changes the market. Well, I, I feel I feel like Crackdown Two didn't <clears throat> didn't didn't take a step up over Crackdown One in any great way. I mean, I thought it wasn't as good a game. Anyway, but I, I don't know. You're more of like a retail guy, Chris. So, like, I mean, what 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 gets retailers excited from the Microsoft stable? Well, you, you talk about Xbox doesn't have as many brands. PlayStation biggest successes of this generation. If you think about it, you think of Bloodborne and you think of No Man's Sky, which I know wasn't mm. critically well sold received, but sold a lot. And you think of Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm naming games that are not they're new IP. And yeah. and even if you look at the third party stuff that PlayStation did a great job with, Destiny and Watch Dogs, new IP. Whereas you think of the Xbox new IP they've launched, which some of them have been great, uh, Quantum Break and Sunset Overdrive. One you know was a little bit bad, but was almost there, Recall and stuff like. That. They flopped. Yeah. Um, mm. Or they didn't do as well as they should have done. And um, 
Sony just seems to have done a better job of just generally launching new interesting stuff. But what do you attribute that flopping to? I mean, is it is it something you can point the finger at and say Microsoft dropped I mean, the ball? Or? It's obviously it's partly the <clears throat> the lower install base. I mean, the, there's less mm. Xbox owners to sell to than yeah. there are PlayStation ones. But even then, like even if and I suppose you could say that like Rise of the Tomb Raider, which they had. They had the timed exclusivity on, and just yeah. didn't really no didn't really make the numbers. That's the thing. You still had a year of, of time. If, if if a significant portion of Xbox One owners bought Rise of the Tomb Raider, it would have been considered a success. But the attack, I don't know the attack, the exact attach rates of those games, but it, it strikes me that yeah, not enough Xbox One owners See, bought Sunset or you've Colin. you've hit upon a very interesting period actually, because that period of time um, we forget about it, but it was a couple of years ago, and then uh, Microsoft released Gears of War Ultimate Edition, or yeah. whatever it was. They released the Rare Replay set, they released yep. a new Forza, they released Tomb Raider, and they released Halo. It, it was five. It was as a lineup that is all of their big brands, plus some of the other some other big brands that they haven't released for a while, or yeah. just release all at once and it didn't they didn't beat PlayStation that Christmas and PlayStation had nothing they had nothing that year because that Uncharted 4 had been delayed yeah it was their Christmas to the point where they actually pushed Quantum Break back six months because they thought we've got too much and yet they still and it still went a bit wrong oddly the best Christmas they've had really apart from their launch was last year with the Xbox One S, where they didn't have a great deal and only Forza Horizon. And this is something else, so I'm not going to be I'm going to be a devil's advocate for a moment because I do agree with what you're saying. A lot of people back earlier in the year were quite critical of Switch, including myself, although I wasn't necessarily publicly, about the fact that Nintendo are only launching their console, Zelda. That's all they launched it with. There's a game, by the way, that was available on the previous machine. And then, but Nintendo were saying to us, no, it's about, we're going to have a cadence of releases. We have one in April and one in May and one in June and one in July. We're going to keep releasing games to keep people talking about the hardware, um, people investing in the hardware, headlines about the get console, people keep talking about it. And that actually happened. As much as we ridiculed it about having a rubbish launch lineup, that is what happened. Yeah. Xbox, if you look, if you, we were so obsessed with the launch of Xbox One X, understandably so, but there is Forza and there is uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds as well. Um, and then the super lucky's tale. That's gonna, yeah, that's gonna <laughs> um, But there's that, and then beginning of next year, Sea of Thieves followed straight away by State of Decay in theory, and then followed mm. straight away by Crackdown. But suddenly, you've actually got rarely. I mean, I don't know how well they'll do because I recount that time a couple of years ago when it didn't work out so well. But that's a, uh, you know, this year they launched Halo Wars Two, and we've not had a new Xbox published game since no yeah. and and even then Halo was to I forget that it came out this year that's how much impact it made but also you know so next year you've got <clears throat> the go-to-go Sea of Thieves State of Decay what's the third one Crackdown Crackdown, Crackdown. see none of these games scream System massive seller. hit no. to me I mean and, and, and they could all be excellent and that could be unjust but uh, but you know State of Decay is hardly like a nailed on big hit right I mean no, no matter how well you well, marked I mean, the it, fact it, the first one was the first one was an Xbox Live Arcade game so it wasn't even worthy of like a full retail mm. release it wasn't that big a, a, a title so yeah this is, this is kind of an expanded they're, I mean they're ra- game, I right? think they're really like trying to ra- raise the game and make it make it far more this time around but but no, there's just something a little bit underwhelming about that. Even even if they even if and I, I you know it is a really good point you make about the way Nintendo handled the Switch, and I, I think that that'd be a smart way for people to handle it in general. But I did I do get the impression that Microsoft are increasingly relying more on things like cross-platform 
play and yeah. buy buy it here, get a free copy on PC. And there, there's these other like more service based um, motivations for, for yeah. buying into Xbox. I actually think Sea of Thieves is. I mean, obviously, I'm a rare fan, and I, I think that game is fantastic. And it, it is, yeah. And um, I think out of all of the games that are coming out, I think that's the one that says if one of those games is going to break out and sell Xboxes, I think that might be the one because it's a big service-based game. It's quite fun. It's a little bit different. You don't get a game like that on PlayStation. Um, you know, Crackdown is an open-world game, admittedly a little bit different, but it's coming out in the same launch window as Red Dead Redemption 2, which for me is, I know, yeah. is, is worrying. <laughs> um, but um, uh, So I... I, so that might be on, but I know I'm being almost. Yeah, and I and I think to an to an extent, you know, I, I talked to um, Brendan Green, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Brendan Green, look out for that interview sometime <laughs> in the future. Um, but like that could be a big deal, and oh, he yeah. was he was saying to me that that the reason why they haven't confirmed anything PlayStation yet is simply because it's it's actually really really tough. To, to to take take a game that's still in early access. They're still prepping it for a PC launch, which they, they promised would be out in six months, I don't know, several months ago. I think he, when you talked yeah, to Yeah, when I spoke to him in March, he said, I, want, yeah. I only want to spend six months in early access. And, and, and that there was a, a measure of pride involved in getting it out of early access and they didn't want to become bogged down in it. Um, and that's moved a little, but only by like a month or something like that. It's still coming out this year. But like in order to do that, that's taking all of the resources they have. They started out with a team of 13. They're now, they're now got a team of 150. They can't hire engineers quickly enough, he said, because in Korea, everybody wants to work on mobile games, and like, so it's really, really hard to get people in. And so the reason why they hooked up with Microsoft was because Microsoft is going to bring all of its resources to bear in getting that mm. work done. Um, but doing that, doing that for PlayStation as well, yeah, I mean, that, that's just an awful lot of extra work. Um, and, and but he also said that the cross-platform play was a big was a big incentive in in going to Microsoft as well because yeah. that brings people together. Not not that he was saying and he, and he made it clear he wasn't saying anything that, that like it's not they're not going to PlayStation because that's absent. No. But I think that Microsoft obviously made a huge amount of effort to get that game locked down for E3. And I, and at that point in time, because we've got to bear in mind like. When you talked to to him, and that was like it was four a, months ago, three was, months ago, it was literally a week after. Yeah, right. And, and they've made eleven million dollars. That's brilliant. They've now revenue. If you do back of the fag packet calculations, they're now like close to three hundred million dollars in revenue in four months. I mean, this yeah. is it's almost. I think it's probably without precedent. I mean, Art Survival Evolved sold nine million copies now, but that's in a year and a half in early access. This is four months in early access. 8 million copies sold. Like, n- nothing has done those kind of numbers. And Microsoft have this as a console exclusive. Like, that could be a big deal, I think. Yeah, I think, mm. I think you're right. I think it could be. And this, sometimes I wonder if I, they, Microsoft knows something I don't. And that's mm. what I mean. Maybe Play Unknown Battlegrounds is actually a far bigger deal than we think it is. Maybe that was always the killer app. Maybe Crackdown was never that important. Yeah. Um, it's just that in our, in our sort of very simple, old-fashioned console-thinking ways, we think Crackdown, that was big on 360, therefore yeah. that must be the big game. And um, I, actually, I actually sometimes... I, I love the quote in Edge... Um, from Patrick Soderland when he talked about Switch and when he was given the Switch from Nintendo and it was Nintendo pitched it to him and he thought, I don't get this. Yeah. I don't get this at all. What the hell? And then it came out and his son's playing it and all this kind of stuff and he says, oh, now I get it. And he said, even then though, he was struggling to explain what it is he gets. And I have to wonder if maybe the same, because I don't actually know who the Xbox One X is for. I can't 
work out no. I mean, who I'm, they're trying to reach with it. All yeah. I can think of is like, it's, it's for the teenager to young 20s, if I'm being really, really stereotypical, you know, 18 to 34 male who has a lot of free cash, a lot of free time, and a 4K TV, or the burning desire to buy a 4K TV with a console there. But that's such a niche audience, if that is mm. who they're going for. And that's what made... And, I mean, it's, it was the same with the PlayStation 4 Pro, but they, they've made... It feels like Xbox have made a, a bigger deal about X, Xbox One X, or Scorpio, whatever the hell you want to call it, than PlayStation did about Pro. PlayStation Pro felt like it's just... A, this is an additional upgrade... But we're going to keep on going with PlayStation 4. Yeah. Xbox One X, they build it as like this is the big thing. And as much as they've backtracked and said, like, you know, we still expect to spend, we expect to sell more of the S than we than we will of the X. All of the effort, all of the talk, all of the marketing feels like it's building up towards X. And like you say, like, even the audience for that has to be limited because it's not not just the fact that it's an expensive console. But also the TVs required to to really benefit yeah. from it are also expensive. That's 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 a luxury purchase. Mm, I mean, you can buy a monitor that would that would that's cheaper than a TV. You can you can use a Xbox with a monitor though, right? Yeah, it's like it's not so much the 4K element. It's so the Xbox One X is targeting hardcore fans of games, and that's a lucrative audience. So you know it's fine. But if you're a hardcore fan of games, you already own either a PS4 an Xbox One or a PC or mm. a combination of thereabouts. So therefore, this is me working it out, because if they, if therefore Xbox probably dream scenario is they're not going to win over the PC crowd because they've already got a good, they've probably got something more powerful than Xbox One X, mm. they might do. Um, so they're probably targeting the PS4, they don't really, you know, yeah, Xbox One upgraders, sure, but really what they want is to get some of those PS4 owners to say, oh, maybe I'll get myself a second console, yeah, yeah. and I, I, can, I can play the third part, these third party games look better on here, or I'll get myself a second console and I can play Halo 5, and which is a reasonable idea, but unfortunately I, I worry that that's a really hard sell, yeah. and not only is that a hard sell, it's coming into a marketplace where Nintendo actually have turned up with a console that's genuinely different, that has a completely different lineup of titles and also a different way of playing those titles and going, and if I if I was a PS4 owner, only a PS4 owner, I'd be looking at that and going, do I want an Xbox One X to play Halo 5 which, and a couple of games that look better or do I want a completely different machine? I don't know. I just get, getting a sense of deja vu here. It's almost like 2006 all over again, though, right? You know, yeah. Nintendo comes in with the Wii and yeah. that becomes what everybody what everybody has as their yeah. second console. The thing is, though, so to the question about <clears throat> who who the Xbox One X is for, and you gave an answer, and I, you know, I agree with you. It the people who would actually be interested in it is probably the very small part of the market. But <clears throat> who does Microsoft think it's for? Because they're not. They're not. They're not. I mean that. Your answer spoke to the fact that maybe they won't sell that many units of this. Microsoft obviously think this is a, a decent business proposition, right? That mm. this is actually going to, I don't know, improve the Xbox brand. Because, you know, I don't think necessarily that um, saying that they're going to sell more units to the Xbox One is, is backtracking, because I think that is what they always thought. But I think that they do see the Xbox One X as something, but they're selling it at a loss. Yeah. So it's not, they don't think they're going to make money on the hardware, at least obviously not straight away. So is it just, as you say, a way of selling games, like getting people to change their mind about which is the definitive or like the best platform to play like the third party games? Because the first party lineup is, does seem to be a little bit sparse. Yeah. 
What? It might be. I mean, they, when they first revealed it, when they first revealed Scorpio, and you had all people talking about teraflops and all other words that don't actually make sense or possibly exist, um, they referred to it as the developer's console. And they had loads of developers going about, like, oh my God, the sharpest pixels you've ever seen! And lots of hyperbole like that. But I, I, so last week I actually spoke to um, one of the guys at Codemasters about Formula One. 2017, and I asked him about Xbox One X, and like, he said, like, yeah, we've been working on a version of it for, for this. He said, like, it, these sort of consoles, like, not, not just Xbox One X, but PS4 Pro as well, they're great because we author all our assets, all our models, all our textures, everything at a really, really high quality, and then we have to scale them back to suit the different platforms we're targeting, whether it's high-end PC, low-end PC, Xbox One, PS4. With Xbox One X, they don't have to scale back as much. And I wonder if that's part of part of the appeal is that yeah, this is the developers' console because it allows developers to achieve the games that, that and the visions that they always wanted to. And then yeah, by their by by extension, have developers think of Xbox in a much more positive light, bring more exclusives, even timed exclusives to that console, and win back that third win back those third parties that that seem because PlayStation still seems to have a lot of the the hold on the like the big third-party games like Destiny is now very much a PlayStation marketed but it was kind of the same thing but... last generation as well wasn't it yeah. but Xbox becomes the default Xbox became the default console for that generation it's what you got review code for it's like it's it's everybody's kind of go-to and like PlayStation and it's just swung back in the opposite direction mm. but I just think you know if, if we're using Gamescom as a lens through which to view my, the, the current sort of health of the Xbox business I don't know if you can draw too many positive conclusions from it, particularly not quite recently. And say, like, uh, you know, going further back in the year, the decision to can scale bound. I mean, obviously, we mm. we don't know, but, like, it seems like the... We don't know what really happened there, but it seems like the, the Xbox could kind of benefit from a few games like that, though, right? Like, just even if it's not AAA, like, mega blockbuster status, if it's just, like, AA, like Platinum did with Vanquish, and, like, they put out lots of good games like that, that that's something that the Xbox would really benefit from. Mm. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Another... I, we, we don't see... We don't, well, I don't know what the engagement numbers are like on Xbox One because it's the thing... The big push for them is getting people playing more on their platform, people downloading the apps, spending money within their world and, you know, marketing advertising to those people. You know, that's the whole point. Xbox Live is the real platform, not the console, blah, blah, blah. It's the reason why they've unlocked that in that PC space. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about beating it PlayStation in terms of pure install base. Well, they are, but not in pure console sales. And, you know, I can, I can go along with that. I can get that. But maybe, you know, we've had one Halo Wars game um, and before that there was a disappointing Dead Rising. Forza did very well maybe the engagement in Xbox is just really low at the moment and mm. Xbox One X whether or not we quite understand what it's for whether or not the games are get, there's enough games on it it's getting people talking about Xbox again which is not we've not had that at all this year really no one's no. really been talking about it it's been Nintendo a little bit of Playstation with Horizon and Crash Bandicoot but really it's um, Xbox has just just disappeared but people are talking about it again they're going to launch a new machine it will probably sell out you know it's not going to be they're not going to sell millions upon millions but it will probably You'll probably do uh, yeah, decent I, mean, I think you're I mean, right because it was probably never intended <clears throat> to sell millions of millions. But if it does get people talking, if mm. it's not going to lose and the company regard, of fortune, well, if it's not going to lose the company of fortune, just in purely in terms of what they're losing per unit sold, and it gets people engaged with the platform again, 
Mm. I mean, maybe that plus a player on those battlegrounds as being like a console. You know, again, don't want to get bogged down in exclusive terminology, but the fact of the matter is, like, if if you are a console owner, be it an Xbox One, be it be a PlayStation One, you've been hearing about battlegrounds for the last four months. And mm. Let's face it, anyone who's remotely engaged with games probably has been hearing about that game. That's the only console you can get it on, and yeah. it is sold so quickly on 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 the PC that that maybe is a reason to, if not buy an X, buy an S because. Mm-hmm. Xbox is in the news again, and in that regard, that in terms of ramping up, kind of the the, the amount that people are talking about it, and the, the the maybe not the on-platform engagement, but certainly the engagement around the platform. Are you like, yeah, like you say, people talking about it, people speculating, articles generated, and so forth. It feels like they've done a, a a very good job with that compared to if you compare PlayStation last year. This time last year, PlayStation was on the brink of launching the Slim, PlayStation VR, and the Pro. Yeah. Maybe this is my own personal perspective on it, but it doesn't feel like place, as many people were talking about all three of those things combined as much as people are talking about Xbox One X this year. So on that, in that regard, yeah, they've got a lot more people talking. The trouble is they need to get more people spending. Yeah, yeah. I do think PlayStation uh, VR did okay. They were they were they weren't expecting to do very much there, but I do think they did a very difficult job, did a very poor job of selling the Pro. Mm. And anyway, I, I still don't quite know why I'd want one. Whereas I oddly can, I'm a little bit tempted by the X. So, uh, you know, it's, it's... I must say, after E3, I mean, Microsoft didn't didn't get 100% praise for its conference at E3, but I thought they did a much better job in justifying the X as as a as a step up mm. from what people already have than, than PlayStation did with the Pro. Like mm. that, after that conference, like, yes, teraflops, whatever. I don't know. It got, you know, they had some sort of weird process that they named after the engineer that invented it. There was a certain amount of like, there was a certain sort of commitment to the kind of the absurdity of all of these big numbers that, that sort of really sold me much more uh, confidently on like the concept of what yeah. this generational step up is supposed to represent for people, which is this will make a, a this will make a difference. It's just whether or not that ma- matches up with the price point they're putting it out at. And that matches up with people's current experience of the generation as it, as it stands. You know, I mean, if, if you Red Dead Redemption Two looks amazing, mm. right? Visually, based on the trailers, means a limited amount of information we have to go on. If it looks like that on the current on the consoles as we have them now, it's just whether or not they can provide people with something that really makes them want to do it. I mean, we're always told that, it's a, that the, the, the industry is driven by software, not hardware. Right? Yeah. So there needs to be a game that makes people see that. Definitely. Well, and and they've, they've started to get those you know, games that show off the power of the console. They do have a few of them this Christmas in not just like player um, Unknown's Battlegrounds and Forza 7, but in the third-party titles. So things like Shadow of War and Assassin's Creed Origins. Like, 115 titles. Yeah, like, okay. Xbox so, One X enhanced. 118, sorry, Xbox yeah. One X enhanced. So last night, yeah, yeah. 118 Xbox One X enhanced games on the way. And, and I can name some of them. I've just named two of them. Yeah. I couldn't necessarily name you any titles that are going to be PS4 Pro enhanced. Yeah. This this Christmas and honestly thinking back to I I have never been one to be impressed by sharp graphics you know smooth frame rates you know really high resolutions because I'll be honest I'm usually concentrating on not failing at whatever I'm doing in game mm. to notice how pretty it all looks while I'm failing but 
looking at Assassin's Creed Origins and Shadow of War specifically, like those two around E3, looking at them, you know, in their Xbox One enhanced trailers, like, yes, I'm impressed. I would love my game to look that good. It's true. I mean, but this whole enhanced thing, it does just bring memories back of better with Connect, though. Does it not? Like just that? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Does, isn't the slogan for Xbox One X the same as the N64 slogan, <laughs> the most powerful games console? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I did, this is the thing. We, we, we do underestimate... It's nice seeing Xbox as a bit of an underdog. It is the underdog, mm. and it feels weird to say that because they were the, they were the commanding force. They were, had the power, Microsoft's money behind them. They yeah. had all the software and all the software experts making these amazing games for them only a few generations ago. Suddenly, PlayStation's dominating in the high-end console space. Nintendo are now seen as a resurgent um, power in the, in the waters. And you've got Microsoft, who seem like the low little guy. But actually, they are powerful. They've got Minecraft. Forget about that big game they happen yeah. to have in there. That Minecraft console looks lovely. And they've got... So you've got that... Um, you've got that... Uh, uh, that element to them, they've got that. They can target that kids market, particularly now they're releasing Rush, a Disney Pixar adventure on the <laughs> Xbox One X, and um, and uh, and then they've got this. Re- they've got this really powerful high-end machine. They've got the tools now, and we just need to start seeing some of the games. They have, they have, but then, but then, yeah, Microsoft as a company, uh, it's slightly different from Sony, where all the constituent parts. Because you know, these are Nintendo aside, these are much bigger companies than just games. They have other divisions, yeah. and so on and so forth. Sony doesn't seem to put as much emphasis on joining up the thinking across all of its divisions, which Microsoft kind of does. Like mm. Satya Nadella did a big push towards it becoming more like a service-based company uh, when when he became CEO, and and there was some you know some speculation about whether that would be the way that the Xbox business would have to go as well. Mm. And you have seen more of an emphasis placed on PC and console working together and so on. And I think. And perhaps this is just a bit of an illusion where like we're seeing a, a, the first party lineup kind of fall away. But it is it is striking. It is striking and, and it doesn't seem like that's the kind of thing that console companies are supposed to do. Just let, let a first party lineup dry up like that. Are we also being I I, after, I made a joke about this with Jim Ryan, I said journalists we're, we're, we're bound to poke holes in whatever strategy you do so we, if you choose one direction we'll say why haven't you chosen the other yeah. right Xbox have announced every game they're releasing between now and next summer basically which includes about five or six you know decent games um, that are coming out next summer and they've, they've always said that we, with the except, notable exception Sea of Thieves for instance they tend to announce the games they're going to be releasing in the next year at E3 and then mm. they tend to and they do that the following year they do that the following some games get slipped and delayed but generally that's the aim yeah. um, PlayStation announced games two years before they launch them so we know what PlayStation's lineup is for next we look at PlayStation's first party lineup wow it's amazing but actually how many are they releasing in the same yeah. period of time Xbox are releasing yeah. the quantity of games that they're saying they're going to release and I criticize, we're criticising Xbox right now for um, uh, for not having any games past June, but at the same time, we also when we when I talk to PlayStation, we talk about PlayStation. We criticise them for announcing a load of games, they're not releasing them for two. Well, no, yeah, it's true. But I did see um, a journalist for one of our rival publications, which will not be named here and now, but he put a tweet together of all of the Microsoft published first party games over the last ten years, and it is sort of 10, 11, 2007, and it is just a downward trend. I mean, it's it's there. Mm. It's there, and, and I do take your point, and one of my main criticisms about Sony, particularly early in the generation when it was really had the hearts and minds of everybody, and people were very harsh on Microsoft, mainly because of the, the poor messaging at the, when, at the launch of the Xbox One, when I thought Microsoft was doing a good job with this game, better than Sony, and Sony was you know, teasing games that are just 
years away from coming out if they ever come out at all, right? But but they're yeah. So I mean, I, I wouldn't want to dismiss that trend out of hand because that's been yeah, no, you know, a topic of conversation right. all year long, and and it does feel like Gamescom could have been if they're paying attention Gamescom could have been an opportunity to go okay like this maybe this is coming maybe that's coming yeah. whereas like the, 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 the two big the biggest stories coming out of Gamescom really seem to be third party third party games and they've got their studios are they've almost up to a point they had one with Lionhead their studios are all focused on one brand they've got the right. Forza company they've got the Gears of War company they've got the Halo company and they've got Rare doing Whatever the hell they're the one. They're the one studio. But you know, ten years ago, we we wouldn't be remotely surprised. Lionhead announced Milo, you know, and it was yeah. and it wasn't entirely unusual at all for these people to make a few games, and then go off and make a different mm-hmm. franchise. And at, now I'd be now I'd surprise if Gears of War suddenly disappeared and collapsed. I should think that's probably the end of the coalition. You know, I yeah I, yeah, I, yeah no, I, um, and but, but particularly, when, particularly yeah. when we've got to the stage where a lot of the big studios, and I'm thinking specifically of, of Ubisoft here, a lot of their studios, well, yeah, all right, they'll have one massive team focused on a big game, but they'll have a small team just making something experimental and prototype that produces things like Grow Home or whatever the hell Funhouse at Montreal doing. Like, would would Microsoft not benefit from having some of their studios do that? Like, right. just have, have two or three people working on something different. But then they had, um, they bought that, is it a Danish studio who did Max and Max the Brotherhood? Yes, yeah, yeah. They bought play. that and it was press play, right? And they, it was closed within about eighteen months, yeah, or something like that. I mean, it. The thing is, what what you have to speculate on is whether or not there has been some sort of change in thinking around the, around the way they handle software. Whether whether the the way they're obviously pushing towards joining up the PC and the console ecosystems has anything to do with the other and and obviously it's purely speculation but the fact of the matter is they're not they're not incredibly strong in the the games PC market because of the dominance of Steam and they're not incredibly strong in the console market because of the the, because of where PlayStation is and where Nintendo Mm. seems to be heading to so you do have to wonder where where is Microsoft's games business going to be in three years time Mm. Not, yeah. not just this year but where's no. it going to be down the road if Switch is a success because it could be a, a pretty healthy third place if the Switch takes off the way lots of people think it might mm. yeah well, I guess they, yeah. the aim is for it to be a, a, a platform I guess Xbox Live yeah. isn't it that's yeah, the right. thing you don't want people to be paying for that and that's you know what the best thing they're doing is Game Pass I think yeah. that's really interesting and there's no at the moment, there's not, they're not releasing enough. There's not enough new games on it to make it worthwhile. But playing around with that business model, the idea that maybe one day we're playing an Xbox Live subscription in the same way we do for Spotify or Netflix, and we get these games, we can download and play them for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's that's a, that's a future. That's the games in the markets are different to those other entertainment industries. I completely agree, and it might not completely turn out like the way those have. But I can see that. I can see something yeah. like that. And, and the thing, and I, I think I agree with that. And I think that that Microsoft is the kind of company where that play really fits with a lot of the other things it's doing. It has mm. technology based around cloud. It has it has these other services which actually harmonise a lot more with with what games with the strategy it could have for games. With Sony, you've got like a motion pictures division and a music division mm. and a camera division. Like these are not things yeah, that kind of make are, sense are together. Because most of there is potential at least for them to if they are if they are changing the way they think about about games, which yeah. is, again is purely speculation. But maybe Games Pass is significant or something like that, like a service provider as much as anything. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah, 
No, yeah. <laughs> right. no I, I, we, we, could, we could speculate Microsoft's strategy all along. I think yeah. their I think their software strategy is uh, is it's a bit of a they, but the thing is, it's not just Microsoft because PlayStation have closed a few studios in recent years have, as well. Yeah. We, we forget this, and I do wonder if actually in the movie industry there was a period of time. I'm told, <laughs> where the movie studios owned their own production companies and they basically produced their own movies. That, and nowadays, that's not what happens. They get a movie, they go, right, we're going to make a Spider-Man movie. Right, we're hiring this guy to direct it. We're hiring that production company to run this thing. We're going to hire that studio to fit, let us film it. And you have to wonder if the games industry is starting to head into that direction, where Microsoft wants to make a new Halo game and they don't need a Halo studio. I mean, Halo's a bad example, but they're saying they're making mm. a... Killer Instinct, actually, is a better example. We're making a new Killer Instinct. We'll hire that studio to make us a Killer Instinct yeah. game. We're making a new Crackdown. We'll have Double Eleven, Sumo, Regent, if they're still working on it. I can't work it out. They're all... They're all... <laughs> that might say as much about Crackdown as it does anything else. But, <laughs> but, but they, they, they hire these studios yeah. to yeah. produce yeah, these, yeah. These, these products. And, you know, so maybe it's perfectly possible that is what's happening rather than... Them. But, yeah... Well, um, I think I think the one thing to say is, and, and it's right, you can, you can speculate all day long, and it's fun to speculate, but, they, but these questions are being asked by people I know, by other people in the industry, by developers. Like, you know, I think people are a little puzzled as to where Xbox is as a mm. brand, and I think maybe the Xbox One X answers a few of those questions for people, how well that does this year. We'll see what happens come November 7th. Indeed. Okay, um, we are out of time, so thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back soon with another episode. Uh, in the meantime, we're at Gamescom here all week, so keep an eye on the site. Uh, as always, you can find all of our articles, news, insight, and analysis at gamesindustry.biz. Thank you.